This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. It's Friday, March 12th, and let's talk about the weather. Well, last night I was watching the radar and it was clear that the bird migrations are going on. I can tell it's birds because as soon as the sun sets, all of a sudden the radar picks up all these echoes blossoming around the region. And they're not over the water, they're over land. And to confirm it was birds, I looked at the Doppler velocities to tell me which way things are moving and they're moving north. And to give final confirmation, at sunrise, all of a sudden the echoes went away, which is classic. The birds like to fly at night. So the migration's going on, and radar is often used by ornithologists to track uh, bird, bird movement. It's pretty good. Now, today is going to be a dry day. Uh, there's just a little bit of high clouds aloft, uh, filtered sunshine, but there'll be plenty of it. Temperatures will get up into the mid-50s around western Washington. And in fact, it's going to be dry over the whole region, the whole state. So really nice day today. And it'll be even better tomorrow. A ridge of high pressure builds in the loft. And I expect temperatures to climb into the upper 50s in western Washington. It'll be sunny all over the whole state. Should be really nice Saturday. So no meteorological issues at all. Now, Sunday is a different story. A very strong front will be approaching on Sunday morning. I looked at the simulations and I can see this narrow band of intense precipitation associated with the front. And it'll be approaching the coast in the morning. So I expect rain on the Washington coast on Sunday morning. And then this front is going to move through in the western interior on on Sunday afternoon. So expect some rain. Um, It could be heavy at times. As, as this strong front moves in. And by the time we get into the evening, it'll be in, in the Cascades and then cro- crossing into eastern Washington. Temperatures will drop down maybe the upper 40s, uh, around 50 on Sunday. And again, the afternoon is going to be a loss. I do expect this. As the front moves by, there'll be a strong surge of winds from the west in the Strait of Juan de Fuca. It'll push in. There'll be an intense band of precipitation. It'll move into North Sound. And after that, During the late afternoon on Sunday, I expect a Puget Sound convergence zone to form somewhere between Seattle and and Everett. There should be some substantial precipitation there, but dry to the north and south. Um, One thing I want to remind everybody, it's daylight savings time starts on on Sunday. And that's very important for meteorologists because we have to make the conversion uh, universal time shifts one hour compared to local time. So that's important for weather people. Getting back to the forecast, on Monday, uh, we should have showers in, in the morning, but I expect it will dry out later on as a ridge builds over the eastern Pacific. So later on Monday should be better, but it'll be cool air behind the cold front. Temperatures only getting up to around 50. And then a ridge really builds in on Tuesday and Wednesday. I expect those days to be dry. Temperatures getting back in, into the lower to mid-50s. So typical weather for this time of year and One thing I want to remind everybody, we have a very good snowpack right now. So uh, this weekend, especially Saturday, will be superb for getting out in the snow. Thanks for listening. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. 
Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. Today I want to talk about why we get such wimpy, disappointing thunderstorms here in the Pacific Northwest, and particularly west of the Cascade Crest. Now on Tuesday, we had a magnificent thunderstorms. Um, and one particular one reached about 25,000 feet. I watched in awe as it rose above uh, roughly Lake Stevens, Everett area, and we had a wonderful anvil that spread out as it hit, hit the upper part of the troposphere called the tropopause. It was a beautiful storm. But this was a very unusual event. Western Washington only gets a few thunderstorms each year maybe 10 or less. And what thunderstorms we get are weak and stunted. Um, most of our thunderstorms only rise to around 10 to 15,000 feet above sea level. And if it gets to 20,000 feet, we get really excited. Now compare this to the eastern and central U.S., where thunderstorms often rise to 30 to 40,000 feet, sometimes higher. Some have gone to 60,000 feet, and they get a lot more thunderstorms. Over the southeast United States, they get over 100 thunderstorms a year. Uh, and as I mentioned before, we get 10 or less over the same 12 months. Why are thunderstorms so weak and infrequent around here in western Washington, Oregon? The answer may surprise you. Um, but the Pacific Ocean is the main culprit. Now, to get thunderstorms, you need two main ingredients. A large change in temperature with height, decrease of temperature with height, and lots of moisture in the lower atmosphere. And when, when I say moisture, I mean water vapor. Now, meteorologists have a fancy name for the temperature change with height. We call that the lapse rate. A large lapse rate. A large temperature change with height causes the atmosphere to do something called convect, to break down into up and down motions. Now, if you make hot cereal, you know what I'm talking about. You're familiar with convection. You put your water and your cereal together, you heat the saucepan, it's heated from below, and you create a large vertical temperature change in the cereal. And eventually, when that temperature difference gets large enough, the cereal starts to convect. Some of the cereal bubbles up and some of it bubbles down. Now, when the atmosphere convects, when there's a large change in temperature with height, one sees cumulus clouds in the upward motion and generally dry conditions where the air is moving down. Um, now, the reason we see the cumulus clouds is because if the upward motion is strong enough and enough water vapor is pre present, that results in condensation, which can produce clouds and also precipitation. So water vapor helps convection. And I'm going to tell you why. As the moist air, the air with water vapor rises, it eventually can cool enough that the air becomes saturated, 100% relative humidity. Why is this the case? Because cool air can hold less water vapor than warm air. And as air rises, it expands and cools. And if it cools enough, it can no longer hold the water vapor it starts with. And in that case, we get condensation, 
water vapor condensing into liquid water. Now, you may not know, but it's true. Condensation releases heat. We call this latent heating. What happens is, as the, as the water condenses out, the heat that was put into the water to co cause it to go from liquid water to water vapor comes back out, essentially. And so you get heating when you get condensation. Now, heating from this release of latent heat, from this condensation, causes the air to become less dense and more buoyant and to rise more vigorously. And thus, you can get more thunderstorms and stronger thunderstorms when moisture is present. So with all this background I've given you, why do we have so few thunderstorms around here in western Washington and Oregon and our thunderstorms are so wimpy? And why is the Pacific Ocean the primary cause? Well, first, keep in mind that the Pacific Ocean is relatively cool during the summer, around 50 degrees even in August. So air coming off the ocean at low levels is relatively cool. And that works against any kind of surface heating from the sun. The result is, with this cool air at low levels, there's less temperature change with height and thus less convection, less thunderstorms. But the effects of the Pacific don't end there. Cool air can't hold as much water vapor as warm air. And that's true even if you're over the Pacific Ocean. So even though the air coming in at low levels is over water, it can't pick up much water vapor because the Pacific is so cool. And that's bad for thunderstorms. Now, the situation is even worse during the summer for another reason. High pressure typically builds over the Northeast Pacific Ocean during the spring and summer. And that high pressure produces downward motion, which is unhealthy for thunderstorms, which live off of upward motion. Strangely enough, you here in western Washington, Oregon, have as much chance of seeing a thunderstorm in the winter than in the summer. And the reason for that is during the winter, we can get cold air coming off of Alaska and Siberia, passing over the mild Pacific water, producing enough temperature change with height to get the boomers going. So you, could, you can get a big temperature change with height by warming the surface or by cooling aloft. And in the winter, it's cooling aloft. For all the reasons I've given you, Western Washington and Oregon are bad places for thunderstorm lovers. Sorry. Eastern Washington and Oregon do a bit better since they're isolated from the cooling effects of the Pacific by the Cascade Mountains. But if you really want big thunderstorms in the Western United States, particularly during the summer, you must head southwest to Arizona, New Mexico, and Colorado where the southwest monsoon brings moist and stable air in, and during July and August, there can be huge thunderstorms there. But that is a story for another podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.